Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Sunday morning out there. A little warm, but uh, not near as hot as it's going to be tomorrow. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll get right back to the phones. Lines are full. As one's gone, one will become available. Number to call, 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. Uh, Juana and Surprise, good morning. Good morning. Hi. Uh, yes, I have a question. Um, I have, um, I'm from, I live in Surprise, north of, um, 303, mm-hmm. and I have trees that uh, uh, I have a citrus, I have a uh, uh, willow tree. They're all dying. Their their leaves are. Well, well, how, how, how are you watering? How often? Yeah, yeah. How often and how much? I water uh, um, like uh, every three days. Mm-hmm. And yeah. also, I have problems with ants. I have. There's lots of tiny red ants. They're on the trunk of the trees. They get in the and and my feeders, my hummingbird feeders. They're on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, last weekend, uh, I wanted to have a barbecue. We were outside, and the ants got on top of all the food and everything. I can't get rid of them. I mean, I spray them with things, but they well. They come back. What I would use is, is some bait called Amdro. And Amdro is it? it's called Amdro. A M D R O. And you could buy it in any... B-R-O, you know, okay. Yeah, uh-huh. so Amdro is a bait that's an attractant, so the ants will take it and take it back to their homes, and that'll that'll do away with a lot of the ants. You say they're very tiny ants, though? They're not larger ants? No, they're tiny, tiny okay. red ants, okay. real tiny. What do they, they get bite? on top of me, and oh, my God, I, I can't even tell them when I, I see it. I have a whole bunch of ants on my arm. Okay, do, do they bite, Wana? Yeah, they do. Okay, all right. So they're some kind of a southern fire ant. Okay, so yeah, that should work pretty well on them to, to get rid of them. Just just have to bait them, okay? And um, as far as your trees go, though, um, how long have they been planted? Oh, they've been there for years, maybe um, 20 years. Okay, and so they were doing well before then, I take it. Yes. Okay. So for most trees... They were trees, doing real good, and most, then they, they just started drying. Well, most trees that are that old... Um, you know, you should be watering them probably once a week, but you need to make sure they get enough water when they're watered. Do they have wells around the trees to hold water? Uh, yes. Okay. So you want to give a, a tree that's that size. How large in diameter are the trunks on your trees? Maybe about, uh, I'm saying maybe 12, inches. 12 uh, uh, inches. Okay. So you're going to need hundreds of gallons of water when you water them. And to give you an example, on my citrus trees in our grove, okay, we put on 240 gallons once a week uh-huh. in the summertime. So 240 okay. gallons, we run our, our drip emitters on them. We have two emitters on them, and we run them for 12 hours, and each one puts out 10 gallons an hour. So we run them for 12 hours once a week. 
Okay. So I don't think you're probably getting enough water. And then what happened this year, Wanda, that's especially bad is our water has a lot of salt in it. But when the trees can't uh-huh. get enough water, they take up the salt and they put the salt back in. That burns the leaves and things. So what I would do to start with right now, because the perfect week to do it, is go ahead and, and turn on your um, irrigation system and run it for like 12 hours today. Okay. And then come okay. back. Right after the heat, like on Wednesday or Thursday, and fertilize uh-huh. everything and run it for 12 hours again, and then start watering just once a week and putting on whatever it takes your system to put out uh, 250 gallons. Okay. Okay. I think, okay. I think you'll see a difference. Uh, now, I have a tree that is, the bark is getting, uh, it's got gashes opening mm-hmm. from the bottom of the of the trunk, from the ground all the way to about halfway. This one is young. This one is about maybe, I'm thinking maybe about five years. Okay. And uh, it's, um, I I thought I see some of those, um, oh, what do you call those dumb things? Um, Termites? Oh, the ants, the ones that have the ants, they have uh, uh, wings, what do you call those? Um, no, those are just the... Termites. Yeah, termites. termites. Uh-huh. The, ter- the termites only feed on dead wood. They don't eat live trees. Okay, so they're not they're not going to eat any live portion of the tree. But the other thing that you might make sure of is that your trees also have protection for the trunks from the sun. Okay, so if your citrus trees and things are up higher, make sure that the trunks are either painted or wrapped to keep the sun off the trunks now because they're so you know basically weaker with more sun exposure. So if uh-huh. you would do that, that would help. But the biggest thing one is going to be changing your water and fertilizing, and now is the perfect time to adjust it. So make sure you water them once a week's plenty. But make sure they get at least 250 gallons, okay? And and then come okay. back and f- feed them midweek, and I think you'll be surprised how much they can change between now and the 1st of October. Okay. All right. Thanks, Bonnie. Thank you. Thank you very much. You have a nice day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, Gordon and Mesa, good morning. Uh, good morning. Yes, uh, Brian. I've got a spot on my uh, Bermuda grass that looks like, you know, about a 10-foot square, mm-hmm. and it kind of looks like it might have fungus in it. I don't know how I determine whether it is or not. Well, I'll tell is. you how. Here's how you do it, Gordon. Go out, get it wet, okay? Take a screwdriver and go dig a plug out of it about six or eight inches deep, kind of on the outside edge of where it's dying. And when you bring that soil up, you're either going to see a little critter there called a pearl scale, which is a little kind of orange-colored BB-looking thing, okay, or not. Okay, so if you see the pearl scale in there, it's pearl scale that's killing it. If you don't see those, it is very likely a fungus that's killing it. So we're going to treat them differently. If you find the pearl scale, what you'll want to do is you'll want to pick up some muriatic acid, pull, pull acid, okay, and run it through a six-gallon-per-hour hose-in sprayer, or per-quart per hose-in sprayer, and, and spray that at about one quart per hundred square feet, okay? And that will make the soil more acidic. And then come back and put on some soil sulfur, and that's going to help keep it acidic. And if you can get the pH down to 7, the pearl scale will die. Now, the other thing you could possibly have is you could possibly have some soil fungus that's in there. It shows up same time this time of year. And you would treat that by picking up a product called Monterey Disease Control and putting it through the same hose-in sprayer and spraying it on the lawn. And it's basically a bacteria that eats fungus. But uh, it should be one of those two problems. Okay, so uh, soil sulfur would help and... uh Okay. But you have to and, get the uh, pH down to, you know, to seven, and you're not going to do that just with soil sulfur. And there's another product yeah. you can buy at nurseries that we have. It's called Alkaliche. 
which is very good, and it'll drop the pH too. It's an acid-based fertilizer, and you could spray that on and in place of the muriatic acid, and it's even better because it has iron and, and nitrogen in it too, and uh, it works very well. Any other kind of fungicide? Uh, well, the other fungicide, the traditional tree. one, um, was copper sulfate. Yeah. But copper sulfate doesn't, well, you could use the two together. There's, there's no reason you can't use the Monterey Disease Control and copper sulfate at the same time. Okay. Okay? Okay. Well, here's thanks, a thanks, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Uh, Nick in Queen Creek. Good morning, Nick. Morning, Brian. Hey, I've got a uh, couple palm, queen palms. Mm-hmm. That center new shoot is broke off up there at the crown and in hangling uh, pointed towards the ground. Okay, trim it out, Nick, and it's good, a good chance they have a fungus. In China, like we just talked about treating the fungus in the lawn, you would do the same thing with a queen palm. Uh, and the, basically, uh, you could use the... Uh, the, we use double nickel, but you could use the moderate disease control, and you could use copper sulfate. Uh, it would be good, if you can, to pour some down the crown as well, up in the top of the tree, and then put it around and okay. water it in around the base. And then go ahead and fertilize them right now. But a few years ago, when we had the terrible August, and we lost a lot of, lost a lot of queen palms, especially in the Gilbert area, most of them didn't die from the heat. They died from the fungus, which was a secondary thing. And uh, I'm sure a lot okay. of them are hurting this year because of the same thing with the weather. Monterey. Monterey disease control and copper sulfate. Just go ahead and use them both. Okay. Okay. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Uh, Charlotte, Sun City, first Wes in Phoenix. Hey, Wes. Hey there. Um, I have a similar problem. As I earlier call, I have an ash tree uh-huh. that was put in the ground about five years ago. Uh, this is a friend of mine. They don't have irrigation. They weren't watering it enough. It's probably got to be about 12, 13 feet tall. The trunk is about the size of my upper arm. And, uh, man, I went in their backyard, and I looked from a distance. looked like the tree was completely dead. I got up closer, and on the uh, west side of the tree, down towards the trunk, the the bark is separated from it. And um, I'm assuming there's still something alive on the east side because as I look closer, I'm seeing a little bit of green about halfway up the tree in certain spots. Like it's not completely dead. Okay. I I watered it. Uh Is there anything else I can do? Uh, Light dose of fertilizer next week. Okay. After the heat. Okay. Okay. And then what I would probably do with that tree is just see what pops out between now and and the fall. And then come... Come December or January, when it loses its leaves, just cut it off at whatever point it's alive. And when you make that cut, seal the cut up with the tar-type tree heel and let it grow back into a multiple-trunk tree. And the ashes can really make a quite beautiful multiple-trunk tree. And it doesn't matter if you cut it off at 2 feet or at 8 feet. You know, wherever you cut it off, it's going to butt out down below that and come back out. The west side of the tree, the wood's probably dead and scalded. But as they grow back, they'll grow the new cambium layer around the outside and cover up that dead portion. It'll get lost in the middle. So you can certainly say I've seen that with other trees where they where they got burned or something. Mm -hmm. And then after a few years, you see this thing coming around. It's amazing. The nature, we all want to live. (laughs) Yeah. But now, how much uh, for a tree like that? Now, 
I want to give them some better, but they need to get some sort of automatic waterer because that's what's the problem. They're a young family. They, they lose track of that because they're taking care of kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. So how much water for that? Well, ideally, Wes, probably weekly and probably between 50 and 100 gallons, depending on how big the tree is. 50 to 100 gallons mm-hmm. weekly. Now, okay. it's not going to need that much right now because it doesn't have the foliage to have to support. But right. you know, on an ongoing, exactly. go-forward basis, that's what it'll require. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Uh, Charlotte, Sun City, we're going to come back with you and Bob and Corey and Joe. And then we have one line available. You can call the lovely Shira here at 602-277-5827. It's Shira, Troy, and Brian here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTR. I got sent home from school one day with a shiner on my Fighting was against the rules and it didn't matter why. like the lines are full, so we have to get to Charla in Sun City. Good morning, Charla. Good morning, Brian. It's, I say Sun City Grand and Surprise. Mm-hmm. And I have two questions about bougainvilleas. I'm a native, so I'm very familiar with them, and I've never had any problem, but I never do anything to them because they just roll by themselves. But I have two torch blows that for some reason have quit blooming. Well, it was just a really, really hot summer, Charlotte. If you'll water them, do you water them at all? Yes. Okay. So if you water them, go ahead and feed them if you want to. And torch glows, there's, a, there's different ideas on how to prune them. I like them grown natural yes, and wild like an ocotilla. I'm, I'm, I'm aware of that, and I unfortunately have been mis- 
curly, but they're okay. But should I give them super bloom, something like that? And that would be fine. Yeah, they're not very picky. But what you might want to do, too, Charlotte, is go through right now and prune them back out and open them up if you want them to grow back to their natural form. And they'll grow a lot this next month. But anything from super bloom to miracle Grow to 21714 lawn fertilizer, they're not picky. It's all going to work the same. But go ahead and feed them right now. And uh, stand back. They're, they're going to come back uh, pretty fast. How often do you water them? Like once a week? No, they're on a system, an okay. irrigated system, so it's probably twice a week. Okay. Well, once is enough, but twice is not going to harm them. You know, in Sun City, we have pretty okay. heavy clay soil with, with caliche down below. So that don't, uh, yeah, it's, they, actually, it's actually surprise, not Sun City, okay. so I don't know if that's different. No, nah, not, not too much, but it's a little different. But at any rate... Um, you know they're not they're, the soil holds water very well, so you don't have to water mm-hmm. all that often. And for big mature plants like bougainvilleas, weekly is plenty often. Okay, and that leads me to my second problem, which is a different kind of bougainvillea. They're the, the bush kind, mm-hmm. and for some reason uh, they have just quit growing. That when they were cut back by my gardeners, they just don't, don't grow anymore. Well, so, that, that, that's going to uh, change. You know what might be your problem, though? Uh, I would be kind of mindful of the fact that somebody may have used some pre-emergent there. And not pre-emergent, no, actually a contact no. herbicide. No, that's not. No, that hasn't happened because they've been there 20 years. Okay, and you have lots of weeds growing? Uh, yes. Okay, good. I mean, I... I kill my myself. Okay, well, that's the best way, Charlotte. It's good exercise. But uh, I think if you'll fertilize, you'll find they'll come back out. But really, weekly watering is plenty often enough, and they'll probably grow faster water weekly than twice a week. They don't want to stay wet. Do you think it, they'd be, the alkaliche would help? Or maybe Absolutely. Super blue, uh, not super well, blue, al- al- um, alkaliche is a fantastic product for our soil, you know, and it would definitely help. You know, but bougainvilleas okay. usually aren't that picky. I, I know. I don't know what's wrong with them. Well, make okay, sure well, when you're watering you them, it's watered far, far, fairly long. Okay. You. Good luck, Charlotte. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Bob in Phoenix. Good morning, Bob. Hey, good morning, Brian. Hey, I got a, um, a ruby red grapefruit uh, in the backyard, and we get the irrigation. We're like uh, north of north of Indian School off 20th Street. Uh-huh. And... Um, uh, just this summer, of course, everybody knows it's been uh, diabolical. But um, anyway, I, I'm losing a, a couple clumps. There's clumps in the tree itself that are turning brown. So we we get that irrigation, like I said, and and I've uh, right before last irrigation, which is a week ago, I uh, fertilized with a citrus. Okay. Fertilizer. Am I doing okay? It sounds fine. You know, and, uh, you know, this was a hard summer. Grapefruit tend to burn worse than some of the other citrus varieties do. But is it an old tree, Bob? Yes. I've been in that place probably 20 years. It was well established when I got there. Beautiful fruit. I mean, anybody out there wants a nice grapefruit, get the ruby reds. Well, they're, they're, they're definitely a valley favorite. But look through and make sure you're not seeing any gamosis, okay? So on the on the trunks and the branches, make sure there's yeah. no balls of sap coming out of the trunks or branches. Because okay. we can have phytophthora in our soil here, and it goes out and it causes causes what we call gamosis. And if you do find some of that, you'd probably want to treat it kind of like we talked about the lawns earlier in the program with the Monterey disease control and also the uh, copper sulfate. 
And yes. uh, you would just mix that into a bucket and pour it under the tree right before irrigation. But if you don't see the, you know, the balls of sap, that wouldn't be one to worry about. And you can feed it more often. So you fed it now. Let's see if you want to feed it again the 1st of October, that'd be fine too. Okay. Well, I, and I did, when I did feed it, it was just a few days before the irrigation. Mm-hmm. So I watered it in, uh, hoping it wouldn't, you know, it would stay close to the tree. But well, um, do you have lawn it, under the tree, Bob, or not? Uh, yes, but because it's such a uh, uh, a shaded area, it's not thick like the rest of the yard, sure. but it's definitely lawn underneath. Okay, because the lawn will pick up some of the fertilizer, and sometimes when we have them you know, growing in the lawn, it's good to go out with a shovel and, and dig a little hole and just open it up and throw the fertilizer you know, so it's down past the grassroots. But I think in most circumstances you'll be fine, especially if you put it down and watered it before the irrigation. I think most yes. of your fertilizer went to the tree. And as this weather changes and we get to be 100 degrees with some humidity that's ideal citrus growing conditions okay so it should start to really bud and come back out okay all right thank you guys thanks bob bye-bye uh cory in phoenix good morning cory good morning how are you today enjoying the morning here this nice cool studio (laughs) i'm heading back home which is in sunny smoke so i'm gonna look at your mountains if you see in a few minutes (laughs) uh question question for you i wasn't planning on planting a garden this year i was going to let the soil do its thing Uh but with all the prices jacking us up i thought i might want to put some stuff in so what i've done and i just want to know what challenges i'm going to face and how to counteract them um i've been very fortunate to get a lot of bluegill out in the lakes and so i've got that in the ground (laughs) and i'm a woodworker (laughs) as a hobby and so i got some sawdust and i tilled it all up and then put seed in and here i go i got zucchini going um tomatoes beans and sweet corn and cucumbers so what challenges i know the soil likes to break some of that stuff down but am i okay or no that, that's not bad a- what you have to be a little mindful of the quarries is on the sawdust we have to get like a, there's a ratio between how much nitrogen and carbon we have so the fish you're actually you know it's a great source of uh, nitrogen and the wood's a good source of carbon but the problem is, is if you put too much sawdust in there, the, the wood itself, as it breaks down, will eat up all the carbon. And you'll kind of see that, you know, as your plants start to grow out. So you got stuff coming up right now? Yeah, I was, uh, well, I was fortunate to get before the little rain we got, but then okay. the birds took it out, <laughs> all the seeds, and then I was able to get another crop in, and they came up much faster okay. for some reason. But, yeah, everything's up about an inch to three inches yeah, at this so point. Once it gets the third or four sets of leaves on it, if, if the color looks good on the foliage, then you have plenty of bluegill. <laughs> <laughs> Darn, I was going to try to make an excuse to go again. Well, you know, <laughs> you know what's better is go up to the mouth of the river and catch the carp. They're much bigger. <laughs> yeah, but there's yeah, but it's just a waste of time for me. I'd rather eat what I'm catching. <laughs> well, you're gonna eat what you catch. It's gonna take a little longer to do so. That's all. That's true. Yeah, yeah, I, I get you. Yeah. The other question is, I have um, grass or crickets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Now I I've taken pride in getting praying mantis in over the last five five years and. Mm-hmm. I got a good surplus of those in there. I don't want to hurt them by putting any chemicals down. No, and I don't want no to adjust any to. of it. So what do you recommend? A toad. A toad? Okay. Yeah, go, well, go and find yourself them. a toad. I mean, one one toad, if you can keep him happy in your garden, especially a Colorado River toad, um, he'll eat every bug that comes within 10 feet. 
Awesome. Well, I, I work in a golf course, so I can get those any day. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't take very many, and you could use either either species of toe to work fine. But if you can keep okay. a nice wet spot for him in a corner of a garden, he'll come out every night. And if you really want him to be happy, put a light out there at night. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, I have about six little ornamental ponds out there, so he's got a plenty of water. may even invest in some frogs. Well, so, the, right. the, the toads do like amazing jobs on eating insects here in our desert. Okay. All right. That, that is definitely something I can look into. Thanks, Ryan. Have, have a good week. Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, it looks like Troy Barrett wanted in the studio, so we're going to find out what's happening in the world. Good morning, Troy. We'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the interim, you can call Shira at 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Mother, mother, ocean. chance of rain. Get right back to the phones. The lines are full. As one's gone, one will become available. You can give the lovely Shira a call at 602-277-5827. Joe and Gilbert, good morning. Morning, Brian. Hey, I got a uh, ficus tree that, uh, you know, it's uh, on the, uh, when it's, it's where it's planted at, it comes up, I get the east-west exposure. Mm Mm-hmm. And that west side of it just destroyed Okay. Uh, when we had that real bad heat. And I found out that my landscaper somehow or another shut the water off on that tree. That's not good. <laughs> no, no. Now, on the east side of the tree, it still has, you know, some green leaves and stuff in there. Okay. But so that west side, it's just about, it's just as barren as can be. Let's be real proactive. Um, one thing that really happens to ficus when they're hurt like that is they can get this thing called sooty canker. Okay, and it's a fungus that comes up through the tree, and it'll actually kill the tree. So if you see any bark peeling off and, and black underneath, that would be a sign you already have it. But there's a good chance okay. that you may get it. So what I would do is treat it with Super Thrive right now. Okay, and in addition to Super Thrive, use Monterey Disease Control. And then come midweek, 
put a light dose of fertilizer on it. And you could use citrus food, lawn fertilizer, miracle, whatever you have, okay? And make sure it's watered very deeply and heavy, but only once a week, okay? It's not going to use as much water as it would historically because it doesn't have the foliage. And a lot of our soil in Gilbert's very heavy. So we don't want to put too much water on it and encourage the fungus. But if you'll do that, somewhere over the next three or four weeks, it'll start to pop some new buds out. And you can see what portion comes back alive. And in the meantime, if you see any of that sooty canker, the back powdery stuff, you want to prune that out. But be mindful of the fact that you can spread it pruning, too. So if you're going to be pruning it out and you see the sooty canker, clean your tools with bleach in between cuts so you're not spreading it around the tree. And as it starts to come back out, uh, along mid-October or something, you might want to prune back the healthy side to balance the tree more. Because I have I have three others in the backyard, but they're north south, and they they did fine. Well, it was a rough time on ficus, and even the healthiest of them dropped a lot of foliage. But most of them shall return, but some some may not. Okay, all right. Well, I'll uh, keep my eye on it. uh, How often should I water it? Weekly. Weekly. Not, Not not more than that, because if you keep it too wet, that's going to be unhealthy for it as well. And in, like I say, in okay. Gilbert, we have pretty heavy soil. Good luck, Joe. Bye-bye. Pauline and Casa Grande. Good morning, Pauline. Hey, Brian. How's it going? Oh, beautiful morning here in the studio with a nice air conditioner, about 76 degrees or so. Very good. Um, so I followed your instructions on watering my little um, citrus once a week, and they've made it through the summer quite healthy, and I'm thank you for that. And now that we're kind of getting towards September, and I hear you talking about fertilizing, um, what type of fertilizer should I use for the citrus? And they're only about you know two inches in diameter, so they're they're pretty young. I've only had them about three years. Well, Pauline, um, the best that really we have is, is called Organo Pro Citrus Food. And if you're, you know, down in Central Phoenix on I-10 off of 32nd Street, we'd love to sell you some. It's, it's good fertilizer. It has chelated iron and sulfur both in it. And uh, I would feed them, you know, now this week. And I would feed them again in probably the middle of early part of October. Okay. Can I get that in your, um, on your uh, Cooper location? Absolutely. Oh, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, what was the name of that again? It's Organo Pro Citrus Food. Organo Pro. Okay, great. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Pauline. Bye bye. Okay, bye bye. Uh, Brian and Florence. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Brian. Thank you for your show. Um, I know you addressed this already today, but I didn't get the name of the um, the chemical to use. I have. Um, nine huge giant um, agave mm-hmm. um, and two of them just this week fell over. Okay. They just so fell over. You, you want to remove those two today. Okay. And get rid of them because okay. they're going to have critters in there feeding on them. And what you're going to treat the other ones with. Okay. Is Talstar. And, Talstar. Mm-hmm, and then you want to use a systemic like a uh, bear grub control. Okay. So the one's a contact killer. By effort that's going to go through and kill them, uh, the, the live adult insects. And the other one goes systemically into the plants. But you want to remove those two that are dead because I'm sure they probably have been devoured already from below. And uh, and then when you uh-huh. do that, where they where they come out of, uh, you want to treat that soil with that Talstar, too. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of babies all around The babies them. will be fine. Um, you, you, can, you can save those, okay? So if you take the parent out, yeah. treat treat the area, transplant the babies, okay? And uh, you'll go on to the agave business again. 
Where do I get this uh, Cal Star? Can you can I get buy it, it like I mean, Ace Hardware or probably any big box store would probably have it. It's, it's a very common you know product. And uh, so okay. is the Bear Grub Control. If they don't happen to carry uh, Bear brand, any brand that says it's Grub Control is going to have the same active ingredient, which should be Inaminochloropid. What was that last one? Inaminochloropid. Okay, thank right. you so much. Thanks, Brian. These were so beautiful. They were like six feet tall. Well, and, the, pro- and the like problem is, is they got too hot and too dry, and when plants are weak, bugs attack. And that's kind of what happened. Uh, it's such a shame to see that. Um, well, I you do can always grow a new one. You got, you, got some, you got some of their heirs there to, to take over. Yeah. Uh, in Greece, they call it um, um, athanitos, which means never dying. <laughs> well, and, uh, they used to call them century plants here too until we set new records for temperature. But you know, even yeah, in Greece, no even in Greece, they're losing a lot of big trees to the heat, uh, much like we have. And uh, so we just have to be mindful of these things. And you know, in the summers, if we're going to have prolonged heat, uh, especially over 110, then we just have to water a lot more. Yeah, well, I don't know if I'm going to last much longer over 110, I tell you. <laughs> well, you know, plant some big trees, get some mesquite trees and some things out there that will shade over the top of those, you know. And what's really cool about using a mesquite tree in your landscape is you don't have to water it at all in the wintertime once it's established. But when you do need the cooling in the summertime, you can throw a hose on it and just let it trickle. And it'll be 25 degrees cooler under that canopy than it is in the surrounding area. And actually, the ambient temperature up by the, the crown will still be 6 to 10 degrees cooler. So they do, they do a huge thing to cool us off. And we need to save our water uses up for when we really need it. And, uh, you know, here in the desert, having big trees with canopy and watering and shading our place makes a tremendous difference. I appreciate that. I do have one giant... Um, um uh, mesquite that's doing very well. It's very healthy and and it loves being uh, flooded mm. uh, about once a month. Well, if and, you're, uh, on the really hot days, okay, next year if we have another June that's terrible and it's over 110, try just watering it moderately, you know, two or three times a week. And you'll be amazed at how okay. much, you know, the trans evaporation it'll do, how much it'll cool your yard. It's like running the swamp cooler in your yard. Okay, I have planted several um, Palo Verdes um, from seed, mm-hmm. and they're growing up very well. Um, they're not going to give you. The, they're not going to give you the, the the break that a mesquite will, though. Right. Because okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate. Okay. Thanks, Brian. Bye bye. Uh, Carl and Payson. Good morning, Carl. Good morning, Brian. Can you hear me today? Very clearly. Last Carl. week we had. Yeah, you got a great oh, connection today. Okay, <laughs> what did you move, Carl? I got, a, I got, a, I got a great, I got a great. What did you say? Did you move? I mean, you have a far better connection this week. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I'm sitting on a side yard, but uh, God, last week after I hung up, I heard the last of the call, and geez, I don't even know how you could hear me it was so bad. But well, we try to anyway, be patient I'll, here. <laughs> I'll, I'll hurry up so somebody else, you know, I just wanted to, I talked to you about my, my neighbors uh, spraying real heavy that um, they have a company that comes out and sprays their ground and the guy just soaks the ground and we lost a black walnut tree on their side and all my trees kind of looked a little funky this year, you know, and their trees look terrible. But my question is, I know there's not much you can do about that, but 
My question is, could I flood the trees real heavy? Would that help to wash that stuff away, or am I just... A lot of these chemicals are manufactured as not to be leachable, okay? And they they leach more than they're supposed to, but not enough to get rid of them. And um, thank goodness some of the really bad ones, like Pramitol and stuff, aren't common on the market anymore. But, um, you know, if you can just convince them to use a pre-emergent and glyphosate, which is Roundup and a pre-emergent... then they're not going to harm the landscape. You know, they're not going to do the damage. I mean, if you if you hit it with a contact herbicide like Roundup, it'll either kill it or not. And as long as you keep it off the plants, you're okay. And the pre-emergents are, are pretty darn safe, okay? But there's a lot of other chemicals out there, and sometimes they're cheaper, and they have wonderful offers on the side of the package that, yes, this will last for three months or six months or whatever. But anything it says is going to work, you know, any kind of residual in a herbicide, you don't want to use. You know, so if you just talk to your neighbors, whoever's spraying, and they follow up with those type of rules, they won't have continued problems. But, Carl, it's probably going to take a year from the application date for those chemicals to wear out. Oh, great. Well, you know, a guy sprays so heavy. I haven't seen anything grow over there for, I can't tell you how long he's been spraying for the past three years. But anyway, I'll I'll talk to him and see if maybe, I'll tell him I'll spray their yard with Roundup, you know, if they'll quit spraying that other stuff, you know. But anyway, Brian, thank you very much. I don't want to take too much of your time, but have a great day, okay? Well, have, a, have a nice weekend. And wherever you are, when you call back next time, come back to the same spot, Carl. Very clear. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> take care. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Todd New River, then Tim and Scott and Brian. If you'd like to be after Brian, all you have to do is give the lovely Shira a call. Her number is 602-277-5827. 277-KTR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR. Where's your wings, little angel?
That's Shanika Copeland, and uh, you have to take some time and listen to the rest of some of her music. She's pretty wonderful entertainer. Anyway, I want to take a minute and invite you out to uh, Whitfields. At Whitfields, we grow trees. Started with my grandparents back in the 40s, continuing today for four generations of friends and family. We have a good time, and if you need trees, any kind, any size, we've got big trees that you can plant and have shade this week. We have citrus trees with fruit all over them that you can enjoy the fruits this season. And we specialize in palms. We're the largest grower of palms in Arizona. And we grow date palms, fan palms, Canary Island dates, all, all different kinds. Whatever your dream, whatever your passions, come out and see us. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale in the East Valley at um, Cooper, which is the same as Stapley in Guadalupe, or 26470 Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Woodfield Nursery for four generations growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Take our next caller, Todd in New River. Good morning, Todd. Hey, good morning. Yes, sir. I um, I have a uh, beautiful mesquite tree that I, I've been told it's got um, boring beetles. Okay. And and uh, so the whole the whole top of the tree is dead. There's a little bit of green at the base of it, kind of like some young new shoots coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, so they told me I need to buy some Dominion. I'm trying to decide. I also think they might have gotten to my Palo Verde that's next to it because the bottom of the tree is kind of crusted over, and I think I see some holes in it as well. Well, um, Todd, where we have the most problem with these beetles is when we have a drought and we have heat, okay? And so we had both those things this year. And when you hike around yeah. the desert, you know, if you go up New River and hike around, you'll find lots of mesquite trunks down by the edges of the river, not up in the, you know, in the river bed, but up in the sides where the trees have died back and then come back. So there's certainly hope for your tree to come back. Its natural defense oh. mechanism is to drown those bores and sap. But when the tree's stressed, i.e. we have a month of uh, July that's 110 every day, no rain. Uh, the trees get stressed. The boars take over. So what I would do is prune out the wood that's obviously dead. Okay. I would fertilize and water the tree very heavily right now. Okay. And then you could use a systemic insecticide. Anyone that contains enaminochloroprid is going to work. It doesn't matter which particular brand. They all work the same way. And they'll go through the tree system and back up into the wood and become toxic to the boars. But the most important thing is going to be the fertilizer and water so that the tree can actually come back. And the portion that's all dead, you might as well prune out. Now, what I would highly okay. recommend is you're not too far from Lake Pleasant. When you cut that wood yeah. up on that thing, you can find these little boars, and they're great crappie bait. They're about an inch long, and they're white. They're flat-headed boars, and they're native insect. Oh, that's big. Crappies love, yeah. Um, I have, um, I bought Dominion. Mm-hmm. Somebody told me to get Dominion. I'll check and see if that's the I'm not familiar right. with that brand, but it's probably got that. It's probably the active ingredient. It's in a lot of different, uh, you know, different <clears throat> chemicals, different manufacturers. It's the same chemical, but it's in a lot of different brands of. Uh, and then, uh, any kind of specific fertilizer I should use? I mean, I typically use the same fertilizer that I use for all uh, citrus for mm-hmm. all the trees. That's fine. Twenty-one seven fourteen lawn fertilizer is the cheapest that uh, that works well, but citrus fertilizer is fantastic. You know, the nitrogen is the main thing. And mesquites are kind of cool trees because they normally produce their legume family, produce their own nitrogen. But, you know, we want to give them extra and a lot of extra water right now. Okay. Okay. I will I will do that. Thanks, Thank Todd. you, sir. Bye-bye. Uh, Tim and Chandler. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, Brian. Thanks for taking the call. Yes. This week's problem is... Uh, I think from looking on the internet and looking pictures, mealybugs, they it looks like white but not quite cottonish, and it's getting on my uh, hibiscus plant as well as a Hong Kong orchid tree that's pretty close to that. 
Hmm. Does that sound like something that happens around here in Chandler? Well, mealybugs usually would come maybe from Florida on a young hibiscus that was recently planted. Um, but we don't see a lot of them here in the desert. Not not at all common up on an orchid tree, really. Um, I, I, they could, you know, and they're they're pretty tough little critters. But um, maybe it's something else that I don't know because it started on the Hong Kong orchid, which seems healthy other than that white fuzzy stuff. I'll tell you what, and stay, then that's migrated to the uh, hibiscus. Stay with me, and Ashira is going to take your number, or you can send me a picture. And I'll be be in touch. We're going to be off the air here in just a few few minutes, and we'll okay, follow up it. together. Okay, hold on, Tim. Uh, Scott Nawatuki. Good morning, Scott. Brian. Good morning. Yes, sir. I have a question for you. We bought a beautiful ficus from one of your nurseries. Your crew came in, did a great job, and putting it. I think it was maybe ten, twelve feet high, mm-hmm. and I was told to fertilize it with thrive, which we did. <clears throat> Pardon me, and water it. And I've been watering it every night. Uh, since March, and it's it's so healthy. Yet I hear you keep saying not to water it. Well, that was that a great thing that you did that, especially back in July. Okay, and so yours hasn't really had probably the problem. It's probably still using a lot of water. And on, on a new ficus, you know, it's pretty hard to overwater them in the summertime. And Awatuki, are you down off of Fortieth Street with the clay soil? Or are you up on the hill? Where's Rocky? I'm up on Forty uh, Eighth and Gosh. Uh, Guadalupe, right there in the Point South Mountain area. Okay, it's rocky. So that you, you know, well, your neighborhood's yeah. different. I mean, water just runs right through those rocks, Scott. So we right. don't really, you know, when you're on a hill in that rocky soil like that, um, you're not going to overwater it. And uh, okay, in fact, if you want to give it a light dose of fertilizer here next week, uh, it'll even grow faster. Great. And then in terms of shaping it. Because mm-hmm. it's really bushy, very healthy. When, when's a good time to start shaping that? You know, probably about three weeks from now. You know, let okay. it. You can prune it if it's got wild, you know, things. You can prune it some right now. It's not going to hurt it. But to do any kind of major pruning, you'd probably want to hold off about three weeks. But you know, moderate pruning on ficus is fine. Okay. Well, thank you for your help. Love the program. Have a nice weekend. Thanks for the call. You too. And Brian, Jerry, Terry, and Tim, I'm going to have to take you all off the air because the magical thing has happened. It's, now it's time we have to say goodbye. I, I hope you enjoyed that uh, Shamika Copeland song, We Ain't Got Time for Hate, because we really don't. And we don't have a whole lot of time to talk to you anymore because the day's about over. Uh, I want to thank the lovely Shira and Troy for being wonderful partners here in the studio. And come out and see us at the nursery. We'd love to help you with your landscape and trees. We deliver plant and guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, insured. And we, we love all kinds of customers. Whatever you like to do, would we like to be a part of it here at Whitfield Nursery. Be back with you next Sunday with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show.